Week 5, Day 4, Psalm of Ethan, the Ezraite. This is Ryan G. I'm the middle school pastor here at Three Crosses, and this is from Psalm 89, verses 3 through 4. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. Books 2 and 3 have set the stage for this very moment. Last week, we talked about the Psalms of Sons of Korah and how their trajectory of restoration flowed through a fresh vision of the Messiah and the return of the law of the Lord. We saw how this trajectory played out in the life of David, starting with his lowest moment all the way through the roller coaster of emotions. Then at last, we received a fresh vision of the Messiah through the Psalm of Solomon and a return to the law of the Lord through the Psalms of Asaph. How would these change the trajectory of the Psalms? Well, yesterday we returned to the sons of Korah who are excited to be back in God's dwelling place to serve, but they've still been unable to shake their sin. It seems like these last four weeks, we've been following through this roller coaster of life caused by sin, haven't we? Now, I don't know about you, but I've been asking myself, is there anything that can break the curse of sin and get us out of this terrible cycle? Will God still remain true to his promises, even though his people continue to mess up over and over and over again? These questions lead us to Psalm 89, the conclusion of book three. Let me tell you, there's a lot to unpack in these 52 verses. Try not to be too intimidated by the length of the Psalm because there are so many beautiful promises, questions, doubts, and praises to discover. Right from the start, we see in verses three to four, how the psalmist reaffirms God's covenant promises to King David. Recall that in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 10 through 16, how God makes a covenant with David. God assures him that the promises made to Abraham and to Israel would be fulfilled through David's descendants. God also assures David that he would make David's name great, keep Israel in the promised land, and that he would raise a descendant who would build an everlasting kingdom. What an amazing promise. Making and keeping promises are very important for the biblical story and for us as people. I remember as a little kid making peaky promises with my classmates. Whether it was making a promise to pay a classmate back or let someone else have a turn after me, Making a pinky promise involved the locking of pinkies to signify that a promise had been made and shouldn't be broken. Apparently, the gesture is made to signify that a person can break the finger of the one who breaks the promise. Ouch. Good thing we don't know that as kids. Thankfully, God isn't involved in locking pinkies or breaking fingers for broken promises. Instead, praise the Lord that in this psalm, we see that God is committed to his promises and his people even when his partners in the agreement are unfaithful. The psalmist goes on to say, if his sons forsake my law and do not follow my statutes, if they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands, I will punish their sin with the rod, their iniquity with flogging, but I will not take away my love from him, nor will I betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenants or alter what my lips have uttered. Psalm 89, verses 30 34. David and his offspring are given the responsibility to remain faithful to God and to lead all Israel in obedience to the laws of the covenant. Psalm 132, verses 11 through 12. Unfortunately, throughout scripture, we see David, his ascends, and the nation of Israel break their commitments because of their unfaithfulness. 
There are so many times we get caught up in our own world of entertainment, work, relationships, finances, and so much more. Like David and his descendants, we also exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator. Romans 1 verses 25. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, we serve these gifts rather than the giver of the gifts. However, because God is gracious and disciplines in love, He still promises to keep His covenant with His people. This is why God's promises are so unique in nature. As Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 13, if we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. Meaning that God will stay true to His character and faithful to His people, no matter their circumstances. Even though this promise is going to be a blessing to the entire world and be kept despite human failure, the psalmist is honest about questioning when it will happen. However, as we discussed throughout the series, many of us struggle with not knowing when or how God will follow through with his word. This is especially true when everything seems to be working against God and his promise. Ethan the Ezraite, the author of Psalm 89 writes, Lord, where is your former great love, which in your faithfulness you swore to David? Remember, Lord, how your servant has been mocked, how I bear in my heart the taunts of all the nations the taunt which your enemies, Lord, have mocked, with which they have mocked every step of your anointed one. Psalm 89 verses 49 through 51. Like the psalmist, we have difficulty reconciling our current reality with God's faithfulness and promises. We have the great benefit of reading the stories and the letters of the New Testament of how Jesus would be the fulfillment of this promise. But imagine the people of Israel waiting for this promise to come failure after failure, year after year, king after king, empire after empire. From Matthew's gospel account, we see that from King David to Jesus is a span of about a thousand years and 14 generations. That is a very long time to wait. This brings us back to the main question anchoring this entire series. How are we able to remember the faithfulness of God towards his promises when it seems as if everything is working against us? The reality is that waiting for the fulfillment of a promise is difficult, even if God says he will be faithful. You may be thinking about a number of situations in your life, but we've all had to learn how to wait and rely on God at one point or another. But oh, how sweet it is when we realize that God is in fact faithful to keep his promises. After the psalmist expresses his uncertainty of how or when the promise will happen, he goes on to finish the psalm with a praise. Psalm 89 verse 52 says, Praise be to the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Sometimes all we can do when we feel uncertain about the future, a job, a child, finances, or the promise of a Messiah is express a praise of surrender to God. That despite the past and present and future circumstances, we can trust in who God is and that his faithfulness will come through. Psalm 89 emphatically tells us that God has not given up on his promises for his people. God is entirely in control and something rather than someone is coming to set things straight and defeat sin once and for all. The question as we begin to move forward is how will God do this? Though it was past the psalmist's life, 
we see through the rest of scripture how Jesus would be the Messiah who would fulfill this covenant found in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Jesus would be the faithful and humble servant who would defeat sin and bring God's kingdom of reconciliation and redemption of the world. Keep in mind, however, that the audience of Israel who is in exile and us as readers today would have not known the answer to this how question. As we move into book four, let the scriptures grow your desire to see sin eliminated. As you continue in these Psalms, let Jesus be the reason we say, praise be to the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Psalm 89 verse 52. Here's a couple questions for you. In what area of your life do you need to be reminded that God sees you and has not given up on you? How can you adopt a posture of praise in your difficult season of life? Mm-hmm.